we are on flying cars now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast about the art of trailer editing. This is episode number 30, Can You Believe It? Uh, I'm Rick Thomas. And I'm Derek Liu. And we are here, back, not in the flesh, to talk to you um, because something kind of hit me over the last couple of weeks. A couple of trailers came out that really inspired me to talk about. And it's something that I think we've touched before because we talked, I remember talking about Six Underground. I can't remember if we did Hobbs and Shaw when it came out. Um, but we've definitely kind of hinted at it before, this kind of action-y, rhythmic cutting. And two trailers came out that I wanted to talk about, um, and they are obviously the, uh, the, the massive beast that is the, the most recent trailer for Fast 9. Um, and then also there's a trailer for a film uh, that's going to streaming called The Misfits. Wouldn't be a shame if we die without saying our feelings. You don't date men. I kill them. This is not good. Uh, which is kind of, and they feel like they're in the same genre. They're in that kind of blockbustery, globe-trotting action movie. Yeah, with like tonally as well. Like you're in a kind of wise, cracky territory. Like everything, no one's taking themselves too seriously. Although actually, obviously, the Fast Family take themselves very seriously but also at the same time it's everyone's acknowledging that it's ridiculous and, and crazy yeah the the two things live next to each other somehow um yeah the the misfits trailer you sent to me and well so usually you send me trailers and you you say nothing because you don't i think you don't want to to poison the well or to give me your thoughts before i for my own thoughts and i'm always really curious what it's going to be whenever you send it to me and for this one my reaction was just like oh this this is a lot this is so this trailer it's it's extremely cutty it uses like a lot of all the things that you associate stylistically with movie trailer editing and whether it seems appropriate or not to for the given moment they have in in the trailer to me it it felt like the direction was make this movie look more expensive than it actually is which to be clear it looks like a fairly high budget movie i mean to to have all these shots and the the the, the shots in the desert and stuff like that and these action scenes it looks pretty expensive but it's just it's edited in this way where it feels like it has something to really prove um and it, it actually kind of reminded me of some of my early trailer editing when I was working at the anime DVD production house, where I was like, finally, like, editor status. I'm going to, like, prove myself. I'm going to put in all the sound effects and all the white flashes and, you know, the flutter cutting and stuff. And, and when I was watching this, I was thinking, hmm, okay, that's a choice. Keep moving, keep moving. The only way this is going to run smoothly is if the prison isn't running smoothly. Are you aware of how many violations you have going on here? Keep pushing, keep Yeah, sometimes less is more. And it's kind of interesting. And it's interesting watching these two together because, I mean, you can't claim in any universe that the Fast trailer is restrained or less. But something about it just kind of feels in the pocket 
swaggery, confident, and also it's doing a lot of subtle stuff, which, and I think this Misfits trailer kind of proves that if it's done badly, it can be really jarring. And I'm not necessarily saying this is cut, this is cut badly. You know, there are many reasons that trailers that you see end up where they are. Um, you know, things, things get tested, things get Frankenstein from different agency, the music gets changed at the last minute. Like any number of reasons can, can contribute to something not feeling quite right. But yeah, this, this for me, it had kind of all the trappings of what something like Fast is doing. The flutter cutting, the cutting out to a quick wisecrack, the poking the lyrics through. But I was just, to your point there about kind of putting in every tool from the toolbox, you can only do that if you have a solid sense of storytelling and a solid sense of geography as to who people are, what is happening, uh, literal geography, like where people are, uh, who's your main character, which, if it's a heist movie, like who's breaking in or out of what. So this trailer starts with, um, and this is on multiple viewings um, <laughs> that I've deciphered this. Uh, Tim Roth is like a jailer, super jailer, and he has jailed Pierce Brosnan, who is some kind of mastermind, heisty, spy type person. It caught me a little off guard. I was just notified about this. 440, open 312. Where's Pace? We've searched top to bottom, and Richard Pace isn't here. Hey! hey! And then he goes to the cell, and Pierce Brosnan is, is not there, he's out in the world. And then it kind of switches to another set piece where he's being kind of busted from the hotel where it looks like he's fine and he's comfortable because he's not in the prison. And then he, but he's being kind of busted by this gang of people and they're gonna join him for a mission. But the two things don't, don't correlate. You're trying to do quite a lot of work there to get, it would have almost been simpler to cheat the fact that they busted him out of the prison as opposed to you're doing two things. You're saying, oh, you think he's in prison? He's not, he's fine, he's in that hotel and he's hanging around and he's great. So like if you've landed him in a safe position to then go back and say, oh, actually no, now like people are shooting at him and, and these guys have saved him and he's at a private airfield. It's just to, to the, the middle bit where he was safe, I guess, is confusing. Yeah, the, well, I, th I think it's even confusing even before that. So like the this opening scene you're talking about where they're checking to see if Pierce Brosnan is Pierce Brosnan is in his cell, and they open the cell, and there's just some schlubby guy in a uh, in a white T-shirt. But Pierce Brosnan, at this point in the trailer, has not been introduced as a character or as uh, we have no idea who he is. So as far as we know, when they open the cell and that person is there, that person should be there, and this is completely normal. There's nothing. Yeah, and he's the guy they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. There should have been no one in the cell. Paint that dude out because that dude is confusing things. <laughs> yeah. Just leave an empty cell, and then because yeah, there's two beds, but they don't look like beds. And again, this is on multiple watchings. The first time I watched this, I was like, "What? Oh, Pierce Brosnan." Okay. And then also, like in the midst of this, where your storytelling logic isn't clear, 
you start doing throwing in these stylistic things and you can only have the arrogance to do some jump cuts and things. The glitchy kind of cutting, there was a bit where literally my internet is not great and I thought my internet was glitching when there's a shot of like a Jaguar and a girl and this is like your reveal of like you just haven't grounded me enough storytelling wise, shot wise to start doing that like confident, arrogant editorial yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so so Pierce Brosnan escapes, suddenly we're in the place with the Jaguar, and yeah, I, I also, it looked like a mistake to me that the, the glitching, stuttery cutting was happening there. And then he gets in a car and says, Let's roll. Which, I mean, it would have made more sense to just cut straight from the elevator to the car and say, let's go, because why do we go to this other place? which, you know, maybe it's on the other side of the world in the movie. Cause... Oh, shots of buildings, shots of buildings and things like that, which is like reset, you know, in, in trailer parlance, that's like reset, we're safe in safe territory now. We've left that scene that we're in previously. You can forget about that. We're restarting. Same as a logo, same as a card, like big location shots of things, which are nowhere near a prison, say <laughs> he's fine, he's somewhere else. Yeah. It's it was really weird, and this is all within the first twenty seconds or so. Yeah, and so then he goes to, and it's very similar to the Fast Nine trailer actually, in terms of you have a section that's like, hey, we're going to introduce the team now, right? right. So he's been he's been saved. He's gone to this private air, there's a private jet on an airfield, and then there's like, hey, here's this team of guys that you can go with, and they kind of get a team introduction, but it's very confusing. I think the trailer is almost speaking to you after this because again it's just a barrage of information and then the trailer stops and, and Pierce Brosnan goes like basically like what's happening now or like <laughs> okay let's cut to the chase here let's cut to the chase here shall we and it's like okay yes let's let's please cut to the chase because I have no idea what's going on and then actually conventional storytelling wise it kind of makes sense from that point. You catch up and they're like, okay, well, here's a mission. There's money in this prison for some reason that we're gonna go and get. Yeah, even before that though, there, I wrote this note here. I wrote this accent has accents where they're introducing this guy who's like robbing a safe. They spend a really long time on this one guy. And it's just like, wait, well, why is this person getting so much coverage here? I don't really get it. And a lot of things that they're they're cutting around is like even just the Jaguar, which I guess Jaguar is cool, but it's we can sort of t- see through the editing that what the shot is is pretty mundane, and the, the editing is trying like really really hard to make it look extra extra cool. And when it's pretty obvious that the thing that they're cutting with isn't really that interesting, it's like okay. I think it feels like you're trying to compensate for something, but it doesn't seem like you need to with editing. No, I would like to see a clean version of this without the extreme editorial. And it's something we've talked about in the past, like trailer editing is a form of conscious editorial, like because unlike a feature editor who gets to remove themselves from the process, as a trailer editor, you are inserting yourself in there, both in the kind of storytelling shortcuts you take and also in the stylistic stuff. At the point where there is an obvious, like there's a match cut or there's a crossfade or there's this kind of ramped up, flutter-cutty, rhythmic, for the sake of being rhythmic, editorial. And with something like Fast, that works because it's, cool and it's crafted and it's rhythmic and it and it and it flows um and then i think when it's just done for the sake of for the sake of yeah of of what trying to make this seem more energetic 
then maybe it is. But you're right. I think the visuals of this movie like seem to like it does not look cheap. It does not feel like a low budget film where you have to apply this sheen to it. Yeah, I th- this is it reminds me of something that I say about um, subject- subjective adjectives used in game trailers, because a lot of times you'll have title cards that say something like, you know, amazing combat or, um, you know, the wildest game ever. And the thing that I say is, if you're going to say something like that, the you better hope that the audience is right there at your same level of energy, because if like you're the hype person and you're so hyped up but your audience isn't matching that energy, then it's going to fall so flat. And that's sort of why I land with this trailer in basically the whole thing. Like the, the editing is saying, this is cool. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think it's, um, it just, it just shows kind of to me how well-crafted Fast 9 is because these are, you know, on the surface, these are similar. They are totally similar. They have big kind of trailerized hip hop cues uh, they are poking lyrics through to say, you know, um, in, a, in a kind of teasery way where you've got these lyrics and you're not necessarily hinging on dialogue. There lots of gunplay and um, it's just a really interesting contrast. The, so the, the Misfits trailer is just over 2.30 and the Fast 9 trailer is... Uh, like seven minutes long. <laughs> it's twenty-five minutes long. I think we talked about this. I, I think with uh, with Six Underground as well, which was a very long trailer, and it is hard to keep up this energy for that duration. But I think with a movie as huge as Fast Nine, and also I think you've got to look at the time the time we're in. Well, all of these trailers are, are long for starters. I think the the second Hobson Shaw trailer was was up here yeah. in terms of duration. But also the time we are in the world, like people are so hungry and ready and starved of blockbuster entertainment that they're like, yes, I, I want everything. I want um, cars and space, please. <laughs> yes. Um, straight away it's funny they actually did uh, the podcast um, how did this get made did a whole hour long breakdown <laughs> of the Fast 9 trailer yeah um, and you can go into that much detail because there is there is so much there is so much there and something they flagged up is like in the first couple of shots you see a little kid playing with a it's like a car on top of a spaceship and then they were like yes the, the this better be going to space because we've had like we've had flying cars or cars like I think it was leaping off the Burj Khalifa in the last Fast film uh, but we haven't yet done cars in space yeah and even though this Fast 9 trailer is longer I feel like it just it probably has half the number of cuts in it than the Misfits one is the way that I, I feel because I mean it's like you said it has really great footage in there and they can just let it be confident and just show what it's um show how good it is or how impressive looking it is because I haven't seen it yet but um, you know it's certainly it certainly has a lot of fast cuts in it but um, it just it feels by comparison like very restrained which is a weird thing to say for uh, a trailer where you know there's this massive big rig being flipped over and then Vin Diesel's inside of it while it's rolling over and then there's magnets repelling and you know attracting things together Um, but yeah, just by comparison, it's like this trailer is saying like, hey, I know I'm good. I can just show it and put in a little bit of style there, but like just enough to keep things going. But, but yeah, to, to the point earlier about the, the lack of geography in the 
in the Misfits trailer. It's actually very, very simple here. Like, I think, I think you can see this trailer in a, in, a, in a series of sections. You have the kind of emotional grounding, like, you know, this isn't, it's Fast and Furious, so you don't need to start this trailer with a big action chase. Although, interestingly, I think the international trailer does start with a big action Ooh. set piece. And I think I wonder that's whether it was like, hey, look, internationally, people are less into the family and the team of all of this compared to like the extreme action. And that, and that makes sense for me. But I think that in the domestic trailer, it's definitely like Vin Diesel and family and, you know, the lyrics are coming through. I, I know some people who would die for me. They're my family. Um, the world has a way of changing. <laughs> and we change too. separate us but we always come back together they're drinking corona because it's okay to like corona now uh, oh God. or it's no it's the beer of the fast and the fast franchise but it's um but it's fine um they clink their beers on the beat but it's very it's, it's kind of low-key for this kind of movie it's like hey here's the gang they're family they're back everything's important. And then within that, you have the reintroducing the members of the team and compared to the Misfits trailer, which is like split screens <laughs> and people you don't know doing action from somewhere else. And like, this is very like grounded. They could all be in the same space. They're like, here's Ludacris, here's uh, Missandei Game of Thrones. Like, you know, they're, they're like, they're all there. And then you have like the recap section after that. You're like, okay, hey, we've done all of this crazy stuff. What are we going to do now? Like they're very clear defined storytelling sections that don't necessarily go A to B, but they are building in a, in a kind of different way. Yeah, it's the sort of dialogue. If you read it through, it makes sense even without the visuals, I think. And, prob and even, I think, if you're not super familiar with the whole story until then. I mean, there's, I think the part with Han is the one that if you're not really into the Fast uh, and Furious lore, then that would be like, who is this person? Why are they making such a big deal of him? Um, but I mean, the first minute of this trailer is pretty much like all family-related uh, stuff, and you know the editing is is fun and punchy, but it is not to the explosion stuff uh, until you know a, th all, a third of the way through or or more. Yeah, which I think is interesting because actually, you know, if you are going to pace yourself over a three-minute trailer, you know, ultimately you are, even on a film of this magnitude, you're only going to have a certain number of set pieces. And I think you are going to get kind of exhaustion if they were using some of those set pieces to accent the, like, we've done this and we've done this section. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you come back to it two minutes later, you're going to be like, oh, no, I've, I've, I've been in this location i think you have to keep freshening it up here um you know there, there's very little driving in this for like the first minute and a half to two minutes because you save the cars for the end yeah I, that is always i don't know if I have an exact formula but there are definitely trailers where if there are too many turns or stop downs then it starts feeling monotonous it's like okay how much are you going to show me and yet somehow with this trailer being over a minute uh, over 3 minutes long rather i never really felt that way i mean i'm also biased cuz i'm i'm invested in the series and i enjoy it quite a bit but i i just i'm really impressed that i didn't have a moment where i thought geez, there's 20 seconds left in this trailer like i was still always like yes more more <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's really well constructed for that because even humor-wise, and this is the kind of thing where you can drop out to, like, there's no real levity dropouts until you get to um, Game of Thrones lady saying, I can't drive. Okay, this is a bad time to mention this, but I don't drive. Right. And that all the earlier dropouts are kind of story things. There's, there's the hand moment, which is like, how do you want to play this? Fast, obviously. Uh, and then there's, um, there's the story stuff with Vin Diesel's brother. Um, not played with Vin Diesel's actual brother who works in the trailer house. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, John, it's John Cena, brother. Been a long time, Tom. Little brother. You always say never turn your back on family, but you turned your back on me. But yeah, so, so even kind of pacing things out tonally there, and then so you don't have too many dropouts that are jokes. And the, the other interesting thing about this trailer is it reminded me a lot of like game trailer sequels, which I mean, it's a sequel for a movie anyway, but um, because it has that structure of like, okay, here's the familiar, Here's the stuff you know and love. Don't worry, we got you covered. Okay, now it's time for the hook. So about mm. past the halfway point, they're like, oh, by the way, magnets. That's the, the, the at least one novel thing in this movie. And they have a really pretty chunky section just about magnets used in different capacities, which is just a lot of fun and ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and makes no sense. Yeah. Makes no sense. And also they did it in Six Underground, which I bet they're like, oh, God, they did magnets. But yeah, but mag- not magnets in cars. Yeah. That only targets certain things. Very selective magnets. And then also, in case that it, it wasn't obviously clear that it's magnets, they have to, you know, we have to really say that it's magnets as well. Yes, just just to make sure that everyone's on board. Man, we messing with magnets now? And but again, it's to the geography. Like maybe <laughs> someone said, and, and this is, you know, something you've got to bear in mind in trailer editing. You can't assume anything of your audience. Like your audience, you're so wed to the material. It may seem obvious to you. You're like, yeah, there's magnets. I put, I, I dial a big switch and then a car flies, you know, this way and that way. But then like maybe some people are like, why are there? or in testing why are all the, the things there so you ground it with a line of magnets and it's like you don't leave anyone guessing or you don't leave anyone confused to the point where they they're then so confused that they miss the next stuff that's happening you're always kind of grounding people yeah and also having that information gets people hyped up because they want to see oh i want to see the magnets now now that you've mentioned magnets you can't not show us magnets and the, the really funny thing also well, not, it's not funny. I just think it's it's um, smart for what the franchise is, is that when the giant big rig thing just lands and uh, Michelle Rodriguez is like, yes, that would be the end of so many other trailers. But it still keeps going because no, no, no. They have to bring back the family and the character relationships uh, conflict. And I think that it really, it really works. I mean, we still have another set piece involving that thing, which I think it's the same set piece where Vin Diesel's on the inside and it's rolling around, like I mentioned earlier. But it's just like that felt like a moment where I should have been like, no, you should have ended. I'm like, nope, I'm still in. <laughs> but there's things that they're doing there to, to stop that fatigue, because I think there's actually like there's weirdly there's like a mid late of the music when it comes back to Vin Diesel's uh, to John Cena. I spent my entire life in your shadow. And now, 
you spend the rest of yours. Yeah! Learning mine. And it kind of, it almost kind of breaks down like a music track would do when you're like two thirds of the way through a track and it's bit you've been doing first chorus, first chorus, you're like, okay, I'm kind of tiring now. And it's like, well, let's do what a middle eight does, which is like take you off, do something completely different and then bring you back to the familiar. And that's, I think, what they're doing here musically in this John Cena section. And it goes quite quickly back to the same rhythm. It doesn't hang around there. But they're just doing these things structurally, storytelling-wise, musically, pace, tone, to make sure that you don't get fatigued with the 25-minute trailer. Yeah. And then and then there's a button after the title, too, which I had almost forgotten, which seems to be the the thing for the fans who've been long joking like what about space i mean they have this, this switch labeled blast off and it looks looks kind of like they might go to space or at least the upper atmosphere <laughs> but it's space where they're like duct taping their spacesuits yeah shut oh no and then it literally flies like the delorean yeah it's like yeah we are we are on flying cars now <laughs> But yeah, it's just really interesting in terms of it is kind of a genre unto itself and you see other and it has kind of affected other action franchises. But, um, you know, what are the important takeaways here stylistically? Um, accents are important. You need you can't you can't just have a big unbroken bit of dialogue or stay in a scene like occasionally you need to cut out to some like action accent rhythm there's a really lovely bit where um there's a girl kicking ass and just like sound design wise it's doing that thing where it's like almost like a drum cue made out of sound design right um humor levity fun and you know the misfits is doing that as well like the misfits is kind of doing these dropouts to jokes but the thing about a joke, and I've said it before, is that people are only going to laugh if they feel like they know where they are, what the information is, and the joke has to make sense. It can't just be, oh, here's a joke that works in the movie. Let's put it in this dropout. Yeah, there, there is that moment in the Misfits trailer where the music drops out, and which, I mean, if you're going to drop out the music, you better have something really cool or really funny in that moment. But in that trailer, when it happens, I was just thinking like, wait, why did they do that? It... Oh, there's a random dropout where Tim Roth comes into a room, and it's yeah, the music has just kind of started again, and then it kind of stops, but not for a dropout. It's just because the music happens to be doing like a power down. Total lockdown. Yeah, it was, and then it picks back up. It was really weird. I mean, yeah, if, if you're gonna, if basically the audio dropout is the equivalent of sort of like I don't know, opening a curtain or laying out the red carpets. Like here, I'm gonna present you with something. You know, now that I've drawn your attention to it, and if the thing you're drawing attention to is sort of mundane or just bewildering, it's like, oh, that's that was an odd thing to do. Yeah, and then I, I also think you can you can kind of learn a lesson here from audio mixers and I thought that I thought the Misfits trailer was very heavy mix wise and it's the kind of thing where you have big drum beats in the middle of dialogue we got the same piece of crap on our shoes Warner Schultz known prisons in the Middle East facility state of the art one of the most modern prisons on earth and people again you can't assume that people are necessarily going to pick up 
what you're saying in that line the first time. And I think you can you can look at at the Misfits and it's very kind of heavy and it's kind of hard to understand and it's cool and it sounds good. Um, but again, you're missing that important information. Whereas you look at Fast Nine and it's dynamic and it's not too like at level eleven through the entire trailer. Like there are moments of relative calm. <laughs> sure. And you can hear all you know. You can hear the dialogue. Yeah, there are definitely parts in the Misfits trailer where just ly- lyrics are stepping on dialogue and it's like, wait, wait, hold on, I couldn't hear what you're saying. Okay, whatever, we just moved on. But I do think both of these movies look like a lot of fun. And like I say, there could be a lot of reasons for a trailer to end up where it is. And also, you know, this is kind of, this is a subjective opinion. A lot of people might watch that and go, yeah, no, this just looks really cool. But um as editors, there was just something that kind of jarred with me a little bit. And again, as I say, there, there could be lots of reasons for, for how it ended up there. Actually, looking at these two trailers was really interesting because so for a really long time, I've had sort of a chip on my shoulder about my editing whenever I see a trailer that has just like really intense cutting. Because a lot of times when I see that sort of editing, I'm just thinking, oh, man, I could never do that. I don't know how to do that sort of editing. Um, so it feels sort of good to see an example of, oh, I know that I couldn't do it that way, but also I know I shouldn't do it that way. Or I, I, in my opinion, I think it, it shouldn't be done that way. So um, it kind of made me feel a little bit better about my own skills in terms of like, like the decision making behind uh, editorial decisions. Yeah, I just think style for style's sake, there's an argument for it. But sometimes, as we said at the start, less is less is more. And if you are going to do that, which implies a level of confidence, then you'd better have a rock solid foundation. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So one more thing I wanted to talk about, which is just the fact that uh, the Fast 9 trailer is three minutes plus and the Hobbs and Shaw one was similar. Do you think that I, I, th- I think it's a really smart choice because you know, these movies are just getting so ridiculously big. I mean, they're not, you know, a third longer necessarily, but I think that uh, just seeing that runtime, I think would is something that would get people excited to be like, oh my God, there's going to be so much stuff in this movie because this trailer is so long. They couldn't contain it in two and a half minutes. I think that's definitely, I think that's definitely the argument for it. Um, but equally, you know, we do live in a world where people don't want to see too much and they want to like they want to hold back and actually weirdly even though this is three and a half minutes i don't feel like people would because of the way it's paced out like we said i don't feel like people are going to go oh now i've seen the whole movie with this which is crazy because you know sometimes there's two minute trailers where people are like okay now i've seen everything and often i think that's a storytelling point of view and we've said in the past about leaving on a question and the question here is can they survive in space? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, fe- it feels like they have maybe like three to four major set pieces in here, which, I mean, for a Fast and Furious movie, how I don't know how many there are typically, but I think a lot more than that. So, yeah, I didn't really feel terribly spoiled. This is trailer two as well. That's that's so, true. Like you've had the you've had the teaser as well, and you can't repeat. Yeah, that. I wonder though if the the longer than two and a half minute trailer is going to be losing its allure some more because I think with like Netflix and stuff there are more trailers which are just you know close to three minutes long that maybe it's uh, doesn't stand out as much as it used to. 
but I still think it's a smart choice. I mean, I, I think there could be more because you're not restricted to the to the fact that you can only play one of these a year in theatres. I think if it depends on the property, really. Like sometimes, you know, maybe a 10 second digital spot might be the best thing to sell your movie. And sometimes you have a three minute thing. I mean, the industry is going through a, a kind of a lot of change now. And, you know, the, the importance of digital social is huge. But then also you do want your you always want your big trailer. So maybe every trailer will be three minutes. But then equally for a lot of properties, if you got to three and a half minutes, you would feel like, you know, if you've got a 90 minute trailer, I can't do the math. <laughs> but if I could, I would tell you what percentage a three minute trailer is of a 90 minute film. Two <laughs> percent. It's two percent. Uh, all right. On that bombshell. That's our thought on those on those movies and kind of, you know, the current state basically of where these action blockbuster type things are. Because, you know, you can draw a line, like I say, uh, Michael Bay movies are definitely in this territory. And um, I think we've seen less trailers of the like of this. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, as always, if you have questions, you can contact us at cutdown at idlethumbs.net. And we're on Twitter at cutdowncast. And I'm at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. We're part of the Idle Thumbs Network. And you can join us on the Idle Thumbs forums if you'd like to discuss this week's episode. And also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever our podcast is where you can leave a review. And tell your friends. And as always, we want to give a thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. Something about family. <laughs> really? Duck tape? You acting like we on our way to Home Depot. Hudson! No, Chad! Ah! I don't want to die!